0: Hey everyone, this is your host Bill and you're listening to the Late to Grid Podcast. This is a podcast about motorsports and getting on track. I interview the guys and gals who work hard all week to be weekend warriors. I also interview professionals in the motorsports community that can help you and your racing. If you are into SCCA, NASA, track days, HPDE events, Champ Car, Lemons, AER, and in general endurance racing, this show is for you. My goal is to share the stories and inspiration that will grow our sport. In this episode, I talk with Chris Ludwig from LMS EFI, and we talk about data loggers and data acquisition. This is a super important topic to learn more about and how even the simplest of systems can help you on track. I really enjoyed recording this episode with Chris because I learned so much, and I know you will too. So here we go. All right. Well, as I mentioned, I'm joined by Chris from LMS EFI. And one of the topics that comes up all the time is how do I learn more about my car? How do I learn more about my driver? And there's two words that fit that data acquisition. And we actually wanted to have Chris at our Motorsports Expo last month and uh, we just couldn't work it out. He had a lot of commitments going on and it was kind of a last minute thing. So we thought it'd be a good idea to get an episode together to talk about data acquisition. And this way, it can live forever and uh, people can listen to it whenever they want. So, Chris, thanks for joining me today and talking about this important topic.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, Bill. Uh, looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So, there. you know, you, you do a, a web search for data acquisition and your mind's probably going to go into spinning mode because there's so many options. And uh, I think at the end of this episode, you're really going to be able to boil it down for the listener as to the steps they need to take to better understand data acquisition, select a, a platform, and then what to do with that data. So let's jump into it. Um, so first, someone needs to define their goal with data logging and data acquisition, right?
1: Yeah, that's, if I get a phone call, email, something like that, and someone says, hey, you know, I, w- I want to get into data, that's that's the first thing I ask them. We're what are your goals? Uh, What's your platform? Where are you competing? What, you know, what are you doing and where are you trying to to go? Um, And I generally group um, those responses into three general categories. And the first is the the new, like, HPD e-driver. They've done a couple track days. This is the best thing ever. They're all in. They're really excited. And they want to get better. And, um, you know, for those people, um, I'll generally, for me, I like a conservative approach approach to things. And, um, I don't want you to spend thousands of dollars on something you're not going to use and just have maybe a fancy lap timer at the end of the day. Um, so really for those people, I, I tend to say, you know, just stick with your GoPro. Uh, you can get some really good information out of, uh, that type of, uh, uh, video system, just a, just a simple GoPro. Um, they have GPS capability, uh, they give you speed, uh, lateral G, things like that. And, uh, just for some basic stuff, um, you can, you can learn a lot from that. Um, the next sort of, uh, person we talk to is kind of the intermediate, uh, track day guy. has been doing it for a while. Um, and, uh, he's really, um wanting to go faster everybody wants to go faster but uh, he's looking for a way to do that um but maybe that person uh, just has no interest in uh, really diving into the software getting the laptop out and really diving in um and there are people like that then and that's fine you know at the end of the day uh, it's all about enjoying the hobby and uh, for those people that want something that's really simple um then there are things like the Apex Apex Pro, uh, the Garmin Catalyst, uh things like that that um you know really fit that bill, that they give really good results, um, are a little short on the real deep data side. But uh for that person that's uh, kind of that intermediate level that uh wants something simple to work with, uh those those types of systems uh, fit the bill. Um, there's also some software. There's different software out there that allows you to access uh, GPS data out of the GoPro and actually do a little more with it than just um, watching the videos. And uh, Race Technology um, is a is a data uh, race car data um, company out of England that has software that allows you to extract a little more information out of your GoPro videos. And uh, so for those mm-hmm. intermediate level types um, those kind of systems are good um, and then there's that third group that uh, they're the really competitive wheel to-wheel um, or a time attack guy um, the person that wants uh, to really dive in and uh, pull real data out of the car out of the driver and leave basically no no stone unturned at that point you really need to step into um, a real data system that um, is giving you um, the raw data to look at and really dive into those systems and, and make real improvements. And uh, so then that's that's kind of where we um, turn the corner and look at, you know, a real data logger that's given us um, all those inputs that we can look at later and and uh, help to uh, grow our driver, grow, our, grow the chassis, grow the engine, whatever... Uh, system we're looking to improve upon
0: and some of those systems will communicate with the vehicle and give that data back as well um is that real time or is that historical
1: um it it depends on on how how you're uh connected so that kind of gets into uh two different rabbit holes to go down um Let's say you've got your, um, let's say you're, you're a track day guy, uh, you've got your Camaro Mustang, Corvette, a popular platform like that. And it's running a factory ECU and it's basically factory electronics. and then how do we communicate with those systems? Um, a lot of the loggers have the ability to um, interface with a Can bus system in those OE platforms. Uh, but what you get into um, sometimes that can bus data is really good and we can do a lot with that. And it's a really easy way to draw in a lot of sensors. Um, But what you have to be mindful of is the speed of the bus and the speed of the sensors in that system. And uh, whether that data is really good or really not uh, useful Um, for the most part, Bus speed is really good, um, and sensor sensor speed is really good. Um, but until you actually dive into that system and know that manufacturer and know what you're dealing with, um, you know that, that's something that you would want to communicate with your um, you know your installer and the retailer who's who's putting the system together for you, and and uh, make sure that they have the knowledge of of the system to be able to give you the data that you need. Um, on the, if you're building a race car from scratch, kind of like you're doing, Bill, with your, uh, with your Mazda, and uh, you've got a bare chassis and you're putting everything in and and doing it from scratch, um, then you're looking for a logger that um, either is it. You get into how you're bringing that data into the logger, and generally, you're going to have a logger dash that's a dash display and has the ability to record all the data. Uh, do you have an ECU? Is, is the car fuel injected? And do you, can you easily bring that engine data via CAN bus into your logger? Uh, how are you gonna bring the analog sensors, um, say shock pots, steering angle, uh, brake pressure, things like that? How do you bring those into the dash? And those are all things that you need to consider when you're selecting your components. And uh, so basically you sit down with a list of, of sensors that you want to run. And um, then you you, your retailer, uh, your installer, uh, you got to figure out how you're getting all that information into the, into the logger and, and uh, so that you can record it and make sense of it later.
0: Yeah. So the, the benefits of a, of a data logger, some of those are obvious. Um, can you step through some of the obvious ones, but then let's dive into the ones that aren't so obvious. And, sure. uh, you know, real quickly, we just got back from racing the SCCA Enduro at at, Neo, at uh, Nelson Ledges. And one thing I noticed, it was the first time we raced this car. A lot of times the steering wheel position was in the way of a gauge. So if you had a, a chance to look down, you might not have been able to see what you wanted to see because of the way the, steering wheel was positioned or or the driver height. So maybe that's where a logger could help. But let's go through the obvious benefits of a logger and then maybe some of the ones that we haven't thought about yet.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the obvious. So so basically when, when I talk about a logger, I'm talking about a combination um, dash display unit. So your digital dash display. Um, and then in, in build into that is a data logger. And uh, so... So in that combination, uh, the obvious benefits of that dash are that it's going to display basically all the information you're ever going to want to see. Pretty much everything on the market now is configurable. You can put as much or as little information on a particular screen as you want, and then you have the ability to toggle through um, any number of alternate uh, displays. So um, you know, basically, whatever you can dream up, you can display on that dash. Uh, you have warning lights, um, LED, various numbers of LEDs and shift lights and things like that. So that that display basically takes the place of all the gauges that we would traditionally see um, in a race car. For me, um, I, I don't like all the gauges. And if you have a good display and logging system set up, you really don't need them. Um, so you have that display ability um you have obviously the logging ability so you can bring in all those sensors and, and uh, sort through them later um after your session and then um pretty much everything on the market now has a built-in lap timer and a predictive lap timer and um that's you know if if you're if you're building a traditional race car like we would have 20, 30 years ago, you've got all these gauges. Uh, you're spending hundreds of dollars on gauges, and then you spend a little bit of money on a lap timer as well. All that money um, today goes a long way towards getting you into a good logger dash uh, that does all that stuff for you. And then, um, you know, some some things you don't think about right away with that. With that capability is the logging being being able to log those sensors kind of lowers the driver workload. Um, I don't know how many times I've gotten out of a race car, and you have your engine guy as soon as you step out, you know what was the water temp, what was the oil temp, what was the fuel pressure, and I'm like, uh, eh, you know, I think the needle was kind of in like the nine o'clock position. You know, I'm, I kind of think I'm not real sure, and I'm I'm good at looking at gauges when I'm driving. But being able to retain that actual um, number and giving a real good um, definitive answer, um, you know, that's that's workload for the driver. And uh, let's take that off the driver. Let's put, um, you know, when you have a real good system, a good EFI computer and a good dash, uh, you can set up fail safes for things like water temp. And if it gets out of range, then the ECU can go into fail safe mode. Uh, the dash, you can set up the dash to do anything from uh, flash a, a warning light and LED at you. Some have the ability to make the whole screen just pop up, and you can put a custom message in there, you know, engine hot, back off, dummy, you know, something <laughs> like that, and have it, have it flash at you. So, all of those things. Um, just really uh, have the ability to, to lower the workload on the driver. He's not worried about looking at gauges and warning lights and things like that. He can concentrate on driving. And then if there is a problem, um, you, you have a very, uh, interruptive type, um, warning flashed at you and you know, to back off. And then at the end of the session, you, you pull it in and you can get an exact number on the water temp on the oil temp on all the pressures and everything like that. You don't have to rely on the driver to bring that information back with him. Um, so those are, you know, some definite benefits of putting together a system like this.
0: Yeah, that's great. So someone's listening to this and they're going through and they're, they're thinking, okay, I think I need one of these systems. How would they go about choosing which system's best for them?
1: Um, you know, today, um, there are quite a few different, uh, manufacturers that, um, provide these types of logger dash systems. And in my experience, there aren't really any that I would really avoid. Uh, I've been, I've worked with pretty much all the the major manufacturers and I've been real happy with, with the results. Uh, obviously they all work a little, they, they all do the same thing. The software, uh, works a little differently in each. And that's, that's the learning curve is, is learning the software, um, but really none to avoid. Uh, we are a reta- retailer for ECU master Plex and life racing. And all three of those um, I've just been really happy with all three of those and in, in the data that they provide and how they display the data and the things that you can dive in and pull out of, pull out of that data. Um, Motec been around for years that's kind of the the gold standard um but then there's the Motec tax on on their products um aim is also really good and really popular uh so those are the big systems that that uh we work with and then have uh you know have uh, as a retail option uh, my advice um and i say the same thing with uh efi if you're looking at going that route is really is find a retailer that you really trust and just work them over with questions until you know that this is the guy I want to work with. And um, one, if, if they don't have time to answer your questions, uh, it's probably not the guy you, you want to work with because once everything is installed, you're going to have questions. So, um, you know, the big thing in, in what we do is support after the sale and uh, you're going to have questions. So if all the systems really kind of do the same thing and all of them work really well, uh, my advice is to buy service and uh, someone that's going to be there and help you exploit the system and, and uh, make it work for you. Um, so ask a lot of questions and uh, find someone you're comfortable with. Um, if, you're, if you're not comfortable doing the install, uh, you want to have someone that, that can do that and uh, at the least, I work with a lot of people that do their own install, but they got a lot of questions along along the way, and uh, we help them out with that. Um, as far as hardware, um, as I said earlier, you need to find a way to get the sensors integrated into your system. So, does the logger itself have analog and digital inputs where we can bring sensors directly into the logger. If it does not, uh, there should be um, an external sensor module that will then connect to the dash via CAN bus. Um, Are we trying, as we mentioned earlier, to bring in sensor sensor data from an OE system? Um, An OE ECU, an OE uh, ABS module, traction control module, vehicle dynamics module. Um, A lot of those systems can provide information that we can bring directly into the dash and be able to log it. Um, But that requires some expertise on the part of the installer and the programmer to be able to do that. Um, A lot of systems have CAN bus information available that can be directly dropped in that allows you to make that connection to the OE systems. So that's something to consider also when you're, when you're purchasing a system. Um, will it easily integrate with a system that I might already have, whether that be an aftermarket ECU or an OE system? Um, something to consider, um, you're gonna want a GPS receiver for your system. And the frequency that that system, that that GPS module works at uh, is important. So I've had people ask me, like, you know, I have, a, I have an iPhone. It's got a GPS receiver. And, it, you know, there are apps out there that do track mapping and things like that. Why don't I just use my iPhone? As an example, the iPhone, uh, the, the refresh rate on the GPS is about one hertz. So one sample a second that really doesn't do us any good there's there's a lot that happens in that one second when you're in a race car and you want something that works at a higher refresh rate Uh, most of the systems that are on the market will work the the gps will work at about a 20 hertz or slightly uh, faster rate so 20 samples a second um few of the high-end manufacturers uh, life racing uh, has a module that, that we offer that's a 50 Hertz uh, refresh rate. So uh, that uh, the, the faster your data, uh, ba- basically you can't have too much information that you're bringing into, into the logger. Uh, we can always uh, filter uh, sensors later uh, with the software. Um, so the, the faster we can get it in, the, the higher the resolution we, we can bring that data into the logger, the better. We can always filter it later. So faster is almost always better. Um, same thing goes for your, for your sensors. Uh, logging rate on, on your logger is uh, something to be considered. There are some inexpensive systems on the market that will run at like 50 hertz, 25, 50 uh, hertz, and that's for, for some driver information that's eh, marginally on, on the margin of being quick enough. Uh, what I like to see is, is no less than 500 Hertz. And at 500 Hertz um, logging rate, you're, you're plenty fast enough for driver input um, and for most of your engine performance and, and chassis performance. Um, at the very high end, um, we get systems that have the ability to do a thousand or 2000 Hertz. Um, and the only time you're really gonna want something like that is with, um, shock pots, um, and some engine performance stuff. I, a few years ago, it has been quite a few years ago. Now we, we had an engine issue, a fuel pressure issue where we were having, fuel pressure pulsations uh, in the fuel rail that um, if you're looking at a gauge, you never saw it and you never actually felt it as a driver. Um, But after, after running the car on the dyno, I was reviewing logs and never felt an issue on the dyno and uh, went back and looked at logs. It was a Cyvex system that was recording fuel pressure at, at 2000 Hertz. And we saw these, big, huge uh, fuel pulsations where fuel pressure would have been, should have been in, the, uh, I believe, the 80 PSI range, and it was dropping down to like 35, and um, for just split seconds, but those split seconds at 8,000 RPM are are several revolutions of of the engine, you've gone through several engine cycles, so uh, that's where high-speed data really comes in handy and, um, identifying problems in that case that we didn't even know we had, um, but could have been, um, you know, detrimental, you know, devastating to the engine. Um, we'd, um, we talked about CAN bus and being able to, um, uh, program your logger to be able to communicate with other manufacturer systems. Uh, some, some systems are more locked down, in terms of CAN bus, um, than others. Uh, Some are fully open where you can program. You can program it to talk to anything if if you're wise about the systems you're working with and know how to do that. Others give you templates that you work with and you're kind of boxed into what that manufacturer is allowing you to do with the system, uh, as far as the CAN bus. Kind of touched on um analog and digital inputs directly into the dash um on our stock car that that i get to drive uh the system we put in that it doesn't run an ecu it doesn't have any way nothing really generates data that we can bring into the uh, logger over can bus so we're doing um we're bringing everything directly in with those analog and digital inputs and if you don't have a dash that has those or doesn't have enough to do what you want to do, then you have the added expense of an external sensor module and integrating that into your package. So that's just something to consider when you're picking the hardware. And um, some dash, dashes have um, outputs where you can trigger relays, lights, things like that. Again, those. Might not be important, but um, it does give you the ability um, in a stripped down type of uh, car, kind of like kind of like your rx 7 bill. You if you only have a couple things, a couple of electronic electrical devices that you're running, such as fans and pumps and things like that, you might be able to control all of that just with the dash with with some outputs from the dash. So as a package, uh, it's just something to consider.
0: So that that could be something like uh, water temp hits hits two ten, it the, the dash could automatically trigger the cooling fan.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, generally, um, you know, you've got you know if you've got any kind of uh, engine management system or something in the car, um, generally you got enough outputs to control stuff like that. But again, with the with the stock car that I drive, um, we can run the the electric fan. There is an electric fan in the car, and we can run that with the dash and not need. Um, any other type of, uh, you know, device to sense temp, uh, since we were already bringing water temp into the dash. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Cool. I would imagine, you know, on some cars like your stock car, you you have the data logger, um, dash as your main, what you see as the driver, if somebody has a, a, a street car that they track, so they're driving it on the road most of the time, but they bring it to the track can they still use a uh, data logger dash? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, mounting can, you know, if it's, especially if it's a streetcar, car, um, you know, mounting becomes um, kind of the issue, how, you, how you're going to do that. But, um, you know, with, little, you know, take a, um, you know, like a C5, 6, 7, uh, Corvette as an example, really popular option. Um, you take that dash, and and uh, we can connect it to the CAN bus. We can bring in all sorts of really good data: um, uh, throttle trace, uh, brakes, uh, steering angle, yaw rate, accelerometers, all that kind of stuff. Wheel speed sensors from the from the OE systems, and bring that into that dash and uh, record all that. And then you know, really dive into that and, and uh, help us see what we're doing as a driver uh, after the fact. Um, the big thing in that case is how do you mount the dash? Where do you put it? Um, really, if you're happy with with the display, the, the actual logger could could be mounted anywhere. Um, sometimes, if if you're utilizing, most most dashes have built-in accelerometers, and uh, if you're wanting to utilize those accelerometers, there's some mounting parameters that you need to adhere to as far as, um, you know, how the dash is mounted vertically and where in the chassis and things like that so that that information is viable from those accelerometers. But um, yeah, absolutely. As far as a logger, you can can stick it in the car, uh, make the connection, and uh, then, you know, through the week, um, just unplug it and set it off to the side. Um, That's not a problem at all
0: yeah so there's dozens of sensors that somebody could install and 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 measure. What are some of those sensors that might help me as a driver? What sensors would I want to look at what kind of data would I be looking at
1: yeah um, really the minimum the you know the, the sensors we need uh, to do driver development uh, first of all engine rpm, throttle position uh, brake pressure and we can get into that a little more later, but um, a, a simple brake switch, like an on-off switch that you have for your, for your brake lights, really doesn't tell us the information we want. So we want to see brake pressure. And uh, really, it, it really doesn't matter um, front or rear. You can have just one sensor on the front or the rear. It really doesn't matter. We're really looking. We're not looking for actual pressure. Uh, what we're looking for is is the shape of the pressure curve, how you're getting on and off the brake. Um so the switch doesn't tell us that. Uh we want pressure. Um then uh lateral and longitudinal G, um sear so accelerometers um gives us a lot of information there. Um steering angle, so how how far you're turning the wheel in a corner, and then speed. And uh, for speed, ideally uh you'll want GPS and wheel speed sensors. And again, ideally, we'd like to see wheel speed sensors at all four corners. Uh, realistically, in practice, um, the wheel speed sensor is probably the hardest sensor to fit if your car doesn't, you know, never had one. Um, requires quite a bit of fabrication and whatnot to be able to get a, um, a ring, a tone ring on the axle, the hub, however you're going to mount it. And then mount the sensor uh, without interfering with brakes and wheels and all that. Um so ideally we'd have four wheel speed sensors. Uh fortunately a lot of the modern stuff now um comes from a factory with, with four wheel speed sensors for traction control and stability control. And we can generally tie into those. Um but if you don't have a wheel speed sensor at all, GPS, um as long as it's a good system that that um provides a good refresh rate and is, is a good fast GPS receiver, um that'll work well enough for speed to give us uh give us the information we need and so yeah those are the big things for for the driver um so really not a lot um um, you know it's pretty simple to to get the information get the sensors in the car and get the information we need for the driver
0: yeah and then as we're looking at chassis development so you know the driver we got the driver dialed in after a few sessions we got all the data we want now we want to work on getting the car where the driver needs it what kind of things what kind of things can we measure there with sensors
1: yeah that you know we we kind of really open up the door there you know we can we can monitor everything um and it kind of gets down to how much of an engineer are you and what can Mm -hmm. you really do with the data um i i I love having it. I'm, I'm certainly not an engineer and I, I like playing with the data more than anything, but um if <clears throat> as, as again, as a, as a minimum, the things I like to see are uh brake rotor temp and um, that uh, your temps, we, we got something that's really neat. that's just come out in the last couple of years. It's become more widely available to, to a club racer. And those are the IR cameras that, are small and we can mount them in the chassis. And, um, so for brake rotor temp, tire temp, um, we can mount IR cameras in the car to give us actual real time view of what different components, what, what temps they're running at. And, uh, for a break, you know, we can see how it's heating up, what the peak temperature is and and how it cools off on the straights uh, same for the tire we can see how it's working through a corner um, for tires the IR camera isn't going to give you you know you still want to measure the tire um, after your session with a probe and record all that data but the IR camera gives you a real good idea of, of what the tires doing on the track and how your camber uh, is set up in a corner and, and things like that and um, it is really a Neat tool that, that gives you a lot of information, and and uh, you know instead of guessing at things, we can we can put a definite number on it. Um, you'll want to have um, vertical G load, uh, so um, you know when you're going up and over rises and into into dips and things like that, see what the vertical uh, loading is on the car, uh, shock travel, ride height, um, and then uh, yaw, pitch, and roll. Uh, with, um, a lot of the GPS units that are available for the loggers actually come in what, uh, what we call an IMU or an inertial measurement unit, um, that have multi-axis, uh, accelerometers built into that IMU. Um, also a lot of the dashes have built in accelerometers actually into the dash. And with some math functions, uh, once you start really diving into the data, you can, based on those accelerometers, you can pull a lot of data out of the out of the chassis and um, put a number on things like slip angle. Um, see which corners actually slip in, and, and uh, look at roll rate with your with your roll sensor. You can look at roll rate of front versus rear and things like that, and put a lot of put a lot of numbers to things that traditionally we've kind of guessed at and, um, just went by driver feel. And, uh, again, it gets, gets down to how much do you really want to dive into this? And really the, the, um, the limits are, you know, what, what you want to place on yourself. And, uh, if you really want to dive into the data, you can pull a lot of information out of, out of these systems.
0: Yeah. And then I would imagine we can measure just about anything in the engine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, you know, the engine, uh, that's probably the thing, um, uh, that, that I instrument the most and I want to see the most information out of. And again, RPM, TPS, uh, all your temps, coolant temp, oil temp, fuel pressure, oil pressure, um, you definitely want to see if, if you have an EFI system that's, that's programmable and, and you're, um, you know, interested in optimizing the, the, the tune-up on, on that EFI system, we're going to want to look at uh, Lambda readings, uh, AFR. Um, exhaust gas temp is, is kind of handy. Um, and then air temp, um, you know, air temp coming into the, into the air box, uh, you'd need, um, intake air temp for your, for your ECU, um, barrel pressure, crankcase pressure, things like that. Um, just help us to monitor the engine and, um, uh, just make sure it's performing well. And, uh, a lot of those systems, once you get the car, you know, we've, we've taken the car, we have put it on the dyno. We got the, got the EFI system tuned in and, and we're confident that that's, um, that's set up well uh, then basically we're just looking at um, information to make sure nothing changes so if all of a sudden we've got uh, one cylinder's EGT is low uh, out of nowhere um, then we kind of know we got a problem with that cylinder and things like that if crankcase pressure suddenly goes up then then we got a problem so um, you know we're basically monitoring the engine just to make sure it's. Um, it's staying in a good state of tune so yeah Yeah.
0: all right so someone someone's got all this stuff they have it installed they're measuring and monitoring a lot of stuff and they finish up their session or their weekend they have all this data now what do they do
1: first thing i'd recommend um is um you know one if um Kind of decide if, if this is something you're going to do yourself or if, if you need someone to help you. And um, if you're serious about improving as a driver, you're, you're a really competitive uh, regional guy or doing national, something like that. And you're really serious about improving and you really don't either want to fuss with the data. You're, you're just you, you want to use it, but it's just not your thing then um, I really recommend finding a a good coach and someone that um, that can go through that with you. And um, you know, it doesn't have to be someone that's that's with you every session, every year. Uh, You can have someone that works with you um, a few times, either in a test day or, you know, some some race weekends and kind of shows you what you're looking for and uh, can pull that data out of, out of the system. Show it to you. Show you what, what you're looking for and the things that you need to improve. And really, in those couple syst- in those couple sessions, um, you're probably going to be surprised at the things you can learn that you can take down the road and and you know be able to look at that information yourself and and know uh, again kind of like kind of like the engine uh, data that you know you know what you're supposed to be looking at you know what you're supposed to do. And when you start seeing things that are outside of that, once you learn the system, then you know you're you have room for improvement. Um, so that's the first thing I'd say is kind of decide how you're going to approach it. Are you are you the do it yourself kind of guy, or do you need some help? Um, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Or coaching is becoming a, a bigger and bigger thing. There's there's a lot of good guys out there that that either do on site coaching. Or there are a lot of guys where you can take your data, take your video, send it to them, and they can critique it and send it back to you and give you a lot of good feedback and things to work on next time out. Um, and then if you're going to do it yourself, uh, read, read a lot. Um, read the product manual. Um, make sure you're familiar with the system. Sit down and work with the software. Um the manufacturer ought to have example files. Um, And this goes back to selecting a system before you buy a system. Um, I recommend guys sit down with, with the software, uh, get some example files, play with it and see if it does what you want it to do. Uh, See if you can see the data the way you want to see it and uh, how, you know, user-friendly the software is Uh, read the manuals and then, there are a lot of good books on the subject. Um, and, um, you know, I recommend picking up one, two, three, four of those, and just sitting down and, and reading through those and, and, uh, you can learn a lot and, um, not the funny thing is the, as, as I've read through that stuff over the years, I've learned not only how the data system works, but in having data explained to me, I've, I've learned things about driving, um, that um you know i just didn't know or you know you're you're struggling to figure it out on your own and you have someone explain a brake trace for example to you um it it opens your mind up as a driver to what you're actually doing with with that brake pedal so um you know there's some there's some good books on the subject um i think you're going to leave those in the uh, in the show notes but yeah. uh, real quick um there was um uh, one I probably, the one I like the most, it's uh, explained really well, kind of in layman's terms, is making sense of squiggly lines. Um, and then there's um, one that um, goes real deep, um, more on the kind of an engineer, is written by an engineer, and, and um, you know, more of an engineering speak kind of uh, book, is uh, Analysis techni- Techniques for race car Data Acquisition. And uh, so that um, if you want to get real deep on the engineering side of it, that's a, that's, that's a good one. So read, 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 um, and then uh, get on YouTube. And uh, AIM in particular has a great YouTube uh, channel that has a lot of information and the information that they provide um, works with all systems. It's a lot of really good information on how to look at data and pull out the information that you that you need to make yourself a better driver. And um, so again, um, you know things like brake trace, minimum corner speed, all that stuff. They go over and they show you how to work that data with their systems. But all that information also applies to any other system you're using. It's general driver development information that that uh, we're looking at.
0: Anything else that, um, somebody would have to consider with all this data, having it at their fingertips?
1: Uh, I mean, it kind of goes back, uh, to the original question of what are your goals? And, um, you know, if, if you're, if, if you're looking at becoming a better driver, then, um, you know, the, that's, that's the information you're, you're after. And I would, you know, go back to those videos and those books and um, then sit down. And uh, a few of the things you're looking at as a driver is uh, it's going to be like min corner speed, your braking point, um, the shape of the brake curve, how you get on and off the brake. Um, that's something for me. Um, I'd heard years ago, Uh, Jackie Stewart being described as uh, being really good at coming off the brakes Hmm. and man, that made no sense to me. What, what does that even mean? And uh, now seeing data from various drivers and and realizing what that means and how that affects uh, the car. It's amazing to me that, that Jackie Stewart just being a naturally tremendously talented driver. Uh, knew how to manipulate that brake pedal 50 years before we had, you know, good data and that that was recognized in his driving. And now, um, obviously not being that talent that, that Jackie Stewart is, I can still look, I can look at data and put a number on it and see that, okay, when, when I'm, let's say you're, Back straight at mid-Ohio, you, you come down the straight and you you hit your braking point. And the idea is that you stand on the brake. You want to see that brake trace. Just go shoot straight up to maximum braking. <clears throat> and then as the aero load, uh, especially in a real light, if you're, if you're like in a, in a formula car that's got a lot of aero and really light cars, that aero load comes off the car. You're going to back down the brake pressure a little bit um, in a sedan. Same thing. You're going to come off the the brake pressure a little bit because just the inertia of the wheel um, is a lot less as the speed comes down and and uh, the the tire lockup threshold is is coming down. So you're easing off the brake ever so slightly as the speed comes down, and then as you're trail braking into that corner, you want to see the brake trace just kind of trail off, and the and that's the idea of coming off the brakes well, and. What I what I can see in data is that when you you're hard on the brake, you you hit the turn-in point, and then you jump off the brake. What you do is you've loaded the front end under braking, and you've put a lot of uh, a lot of energy into the front springs because you've loaded them up under braking. You stood the car on the nose, and now when you jump off the brake, you immediately allow that. Stored energy in the front springs to be immediately released. The front end pops up, you lose front grip, and now the car immediately goes into a push. And you come back and you tell your chassis guy, Hey, the thing pushes, you know, it it won't turn in. And we can go to the brake trace and say, Well, let's stay on that brake you, here, here's where you're coming off the brake and you're just releasing all the all the grip off the front end it's a driver thing it's not a chassis thing we don't need to put more bar into it or change the shocks or anything what you need to do is come off that that brake pedal properly and uh, so that's you know that goes back to what Jackie Stewart was doing you know 50 60 years ago naturally you just knew it and but the benefit for us today is that we're not at that talent level, but we can we can look at that data and say, oh, here, this is this is the mistake I'm making as a driver. And um we can correct it. And um, you know, same thing for um the throttle curve. That's gonna that's gonna interrelate. You know, everything interrelates. And uh, how are we picking up the throttle from that point on? Are we stabbing at the throttle? Or are we easing into it? Or are we causing the chassis to be upset um uh, by how we are applying the throttle, uh, and then the steering angle as well. Um, are we asking too much of the car? Are we, uh, you know, just sawing at the wheel? Are we being delicate with it? Or, you know, what are we asking the car to do, and and how is it responding? So there's, you know, those are, and all of those channels, you know, if if we're just looking, you know, we we can, I think, get overwhelmed thinking about the subject. And the idea that oh, we're going to bring all these channels in and we got to sort through all this data. But in reality, uh, when I pull up a screen, I'm looking at speed, RPM, brake pressure, uh, throttle angle, and steering angle. And uh, just those, what is that, five channels, six channels, though that gives me really good information to see how a driver is reacting. And if they're, um, driving well, if they're driving poorly, a lot of times it's, you're doing, you know, if there's 10 turns on the track, you're doing seven of them pretty well. You're really messing up one and, and you got one or two that, you know, you could have a little improvement in and, um, and this allows you to quantify that and say, Hey, here's the point where we can, we can really pick up a lot of time, just in how you're coming off the brake and just that one corner so yeah that's how that's how you can use the data and it doesn't have to be overwhelming uh, starting out you know start it at a level you're comfortable with and and go from there
0: yeah i i find this sort of discussion fascinating chris there's just just the just talking about the trail braking and, and loading and unloading the front end in terms of car handling can immensely help a driver and Rather than focus on, oh, I need stiffer springs. Oh, I need to make a sway bar adjustment. I got to do tire pressures. No, you need to use your foot a little differently. And um, I could really see the value and I'm sure the listeners will now as well of, of data acquisitions. And the point you just made is super important too. It does not have to be overwhelming. You can make it overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. You can measure the things that you need to. So if somebody wants to learn a little bit more engage with you about their data logging and data acquisition ideas and needs and goals, what's the best way to get a hold of you at LMS EFI?
1: Yeah, the best way is definitely email, uh, which is Chris, C H R I S, at LMS EFI.com. Uh, you can give us a call. It's 502 515 7482. Honestly, it's uh, I, a lot of times struggle to get to the phone to answer it. Um, when, when it's ringing, uh, leave a message. I, uh, would love to talk to you on the phone, but, uh, if I don't answer, leave a message and I will get back to you. Um, our website is LMS EFI.com and, uh, LMS EFI.com on Instagram and Facebook and, and all those wonderful platforms. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put links to everything in the show notes. Plus, we're going to put the books you recommended as well as some of the companies that you've talked about as well. So there'll be plenty of ways folks can, can research. But for the listeners, if you have questions, as you heard, this is an area Chris is an expert in. So uh, definitely give him a call, shoot him an email, ask some questions, and uh, he'll get you set in the right direction. This is a great episode, Chris. Thanks. Hey, no problem. Enjoyed it. I was right, wasn't I? Super information-packed episode. So much to think about, but it's great that we were able to get Chris on to talk more about it. And if you have any questions at all, do not hesitate to reach out to Chris. Um, He's an excellent source for, as you just heard, data logging and data acquisition, but don't forget about him from engine management systems and wiring. As a matter of fact, Chris and I are going to start a uh, tech tip that we're going to share each episode. So be sure to listen to some future episodes when we share those tech tips. Uh, don't forget, Marlin and the guys at Radeir and Wycliffe are ready to help you get your car ready for the season. I know the season started, but some folks still don't have it ready. I'm one of those folks. Reach out to Marlin. There's a link here in the show notes so you can do it. And then also, don't forget about Track First. Great place to go for all the things that you need helmet, seat, harness, net, so much more. I've said it before. I was there almost every day the two weeks leading up to the SCCA Enduro at Nelson Ledges, and they helped me get everything we needed to finish up the car. So. Uh, Be sure and check out the show sponsors like Raider, Track First, and LMS, EFI. Lastly, can you do me two favors? First, I would love a five-star review on wherever you are listening to this podcast. It just makes me feel good when I see those. And don't forget to tell a friend about the show. Oh, and don't be late to Grid.